This podcast is sponsored by Utocop. For more details, please click on the link that is in the description below. Welcome to episode 22 of On a Personal Note with Adar Sakre. Uh, today we released episode 21 and that is Gubbi's episode, the first musician on the show. Uh, very excited to have him as a part of OAPN and in fact he's performing today and we are going for that show. So if you haven't watched Gubbi's episode, you should definitely check it out. Today we have another interesting guest in the house. Uh, extremely energetic guy, I can say. Uh, we'll explore uh, more of him uh, in the time to come. But first, let's say hi to Zubair Pradhan. Hi. Um, <laughs> explore more of me. You should buy me a drink first. Huh? <laughs> oh, and now we have started the culture of drinking. By the way, we had like, I think just two episodes back, the first time we drank on camera. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's interesting. So uh, that has started off. But let's not get distracted. Okay, okay. Today we are not. All right, all right. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Hopefully some other time. But anyway, so a quick, uh, you know, introduction about Zubair. Uh, Zubair is also my college mate uh, from SJCC in Bangalore. Uh, right from college, again, known for a lot of stuff in college, right? Very active in the cultural space. And over the years, he's gone from animation to acting to directing to having his own business and to now writing a book. In fact, the whole conversation between me and Zubair about doing this started with him writing a book right now, which is based on depression. And as soon as he said he's writing a book about depression, uh, I said, okay, interesting. Uh, what's it about? And that's what, that's the answer we are going to unfold today right yeah, one right. of the answers one of the answers but we'll also explore more about him see what goes on in his head uh, what makes him Zubair Pradhan so welcome to episode 22 how are you feeling Mr. Zubair pretty good it's been a good morning so I'm glad to be here as well in uh, fact I've seen you on social media here okay. and there I remember catching one of your episodes I think mm. three to four months ago and I was like huh that's quite an interesting name I did actually like the name that you chose on a personal on note a personal. it's uh, it's pretty, pretty simple nice right like it is and I'm glad it wasn't like taken I don't know if it's taken. I've seen it maybe a show is definitely not named on that but mm. uh, somehow it came through and yeah thanks man <laughs> i, I feel like it. it's a unique name okay. and uh, it, i never expected to actually be on the show i mean when i saw okay. it i was like oh that's interesting now a few months later i'm here yeah, it's yeah, pretty right. interesting the way life takes you right you just can't predict it is it, it is so uh, before we uh, continue with the other stories you said you asked a girl out yesterday <laughs> <laughs> we have to begin there. 
and uh, of course she said yes you're a fucking good looking dude <laughs> thank you so uh, yeah man the the reason i'm starting with that is you said you know it's new for you it's new yeah. for you to go up to a girl and ask her out yeah why is it, it is. new for you um i feel like growing up uh, we were always under the impression that in india you can't approach a random girl you can't okay. go and make conversation with them because they're uncomfortable or uh, they aren't as open to the idea so i think uh, i don't know if times are evolving or just my confidence is growing because <laughs> i got a new haircut and now uh, i really like it mm, he's, <laughs> now he's flexing now he's just flexing <laughs> Uh so I felt like um right now is a good time to you know give that a shot so I just shot. I tried it out or is it is it just that uh you know maybe maybe you're you're too uh, you know maybe you analyze the situation too much is that what it is is that what stopped you from you know taking your chances before previously yeah maybe I think uh, mm. it has a lot to do I don't think it's confidence you uh, uh, seem maybe. like a really confident guy but uh, it could also be when i was i think 13 in goa i got rejected twice when i tried okay what happened <laughs> so i processed ran a girl she was crying and um, okay actually really genuinely felt bad i saw okay. her sitting alone so i went up to her and i asked her like like what what are you doing alone why are you crying is uh, like do you want to mm. talk to somebody and she's like i don't want to talk to strangers right now leave me alone and i'm like whoa <laughs> I think uh, since then I didn't try it out again. Yeah, like shit, I can't. I don't want to do it. <laughs> so congrats on the success. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope your date goes well. I uh, hope so too. <laughs> I need to first get it. I mean, so, now is the part where I text her and then we yeah. ask her about it. It shouldn't just be that drunk yes, <laughs> which never actually is seen through. <laughs> and if it goes well, show her this episode. Okay. If it doesn't Sounds go well, just yeah, just I'm, let it be. I'm covering. <laughs> There's no way I'm showing her this episode. Anyway man so let's dive in to your journey a little okay the way i see zubair is you know he's this talented guy you know who can do a lot like who can do quite a lot and then that's why i asked you when we were discussing uh, before the show like where is all this heading or is this experience based right so let's start with that simple question like what is zubair looking from life like what's your scene what do you really crave for I think uh, to check everything that I have on my list to do um mm. before we 30 it's when we get the chance to actually explore things to do different things I've been passionate about so many things mm. I mean in fact whenever I talk to people that's the first thing they tell me why do you sound so passionate like I'd be yeah. talking about the garbage system in my house and I'd be like you know the garbage system <laughs> so that's always been the vibe and that's actually oh. true because as a personality I've had a lot of different passions mm. so I thought why not check them off my list one by one um teaching mm. was a passion that I had since I was a kid there was this one kid who thought he going to fail 10th grade math <laughs> and repeat the year so i taught him math and he passed and he's like thank you and it felt so good right nice and mm. um, that's when i decided i wanted to teaching at one point uh, my parents told me that business is so amazing i've seen my dad who is a mastermind in business what was um, his main business like shoes retail shoes. okay okay yeah so mm. he's been in the shoe industry for the last 40 years so Man. um his oldest store is now 42 okay. years old right okay. it's still on brigade road mm. a shoemaker Okay. Yeah. So nice. it's run by nice. his brother at the moment. Where exactly is it? Like um it's right in the center of uh um I'm Brigade sure Road. Or I would have walked past. Yeah, I'll it. give you some uh, landmarks. You know the corner of Guzzlers. I know corner of Guzzlers. Everybody does. Oh <laughs> shit. Okay, that turning. Yes. 
that's um, at the moment my dad's brothers so opposite that was harry's road right opposite that remember Correct. that pub yes, harry's yeah. so dead we, end was harry's we also had a shop at that corner called shoe track so oh, both dude. corners we had a store okay, so my dad it, ran the it. one at that corner mm-hmm. anyway so that's when i thought business was amazing i i gave it a shot mm. um after that I, i i mean i was always into animation i uh, grew up watching naruto and dragon ball z and all those animated shows and it was something that I was so passionate about in fact I'm learning japanese right mm-hmm. now because I want to you know watch anime without subtitles yes I'm one of them <laughs> so I decided why not do a course in animation right so I took mm-hmm. off to canada okay st- um, studied animation for a year and a half in fact I'm releasing a short animated film later this month which I've directed written and produced sweet so that's something on the cards and um it with what was in- it what was it in school like now now i understand right now as we grow up we have like confidence we have resources uh, we have structured thoughts to make this happen but in school what was zubair like um, was it was he the same guy jumping from say elocution to sports day to everything or how was it in school i think my main goal then was jump over the fence so i didn't have to attend class <laughs> find my first way out <laughs> okay that was i think my priority at the moment uh, i still remember sports days though for sure uh, okay. we weren't allowed to leave but uh, there was one fence which was we had designated like as our fence as your fence to yeah. jump <laughs> yeah just um, so anyways um, i i did jump around a lot hmm. um i was an mc in school so i used to host hmm. formal and informal events in fact i had a show with my friends hmm. called arguing with ourselves so it's just the two of us rishidas okay. from yeah, college yeah. and i and rishi uh, whenever you are in bangalore you are invited on the podcast already <laughs> like you've had a crazy journey so if you're watching this see you soon yeah. <laughs> continue bro <laughs> i'm sure he will i will send him yeah. the link <laughs> yeah yeah so that we used to like do like saturday night live skits i still love uh, taking part in like uh, jam and if i did not get oh, into like jam. Yeah. I love jam. Mm. The like the jam team and the speaking team I would just go into collage or something just again so that I could do my first priority bunking class mm. to go to the fest and I was in a lot of sports as well hockey mm. swimming um there's no hockey team basketball team so yeah so I already like all over the hard. place in terms of experiencing everything there as well. Yes. Right? Do you have siblings? Yes, I have an elder brother. And how is how are you and him different? Oh we're extremely different. Okay. He's the more uh, dated only one girl his entire life for like 15 okay. years and then got married to her. Um always been in like the family business after which he uh, evolved it into like a real estate uh, based business plan which Why is it he's that doing amazing. Only the older siblings you know like I've seen this so often like don't you feel like even yeah. uh even with Aditya anyway. So uh, wherever there's a family business it's the older siblings that get into it yeah, than right. the younger ones i mean even you are associated with it but in terms of extent to associating yourself with it why do you think that happens i think there are two primary reasons uh, number one is that by the time your elder sibling has uh, already got a foothold in the is it uh, elder business sibling, older sibling doesn't make a difference <laughs> no because i remember i'm i'm just okay fuck it dude sorry for this no, no, it's okay like, go for a side thought <laughs> yeah side thought sorry continue okay so uh, um they tend to have a foothold in the mm. industry or in the business right so leaves you very little room for creativity when you're getting in everything is already established in a certain way a certain ethic and mm. you yourself have your own creativity your own thought process which you like to um mm. run a business with but it's much harder because you already first have your dad 
they're mm-hmm. doing his own thing and your elder brother doing his own thing um that's one reason another reason is that the reason i get to explore is because my elder brother is taking care of these things right so that is why i have the opportunity to do it because if he wasn't there i don't think i would have been given these chances or just maybe the parents love the elder ones more <laughs> I, I, just, i mean if you ask him he's going to say the opposite <laughs> yeah actually that's a debate by itself yeah. the reason i asked you that is like how did the fam like how's your uh you know family looking at all these talents of yours in school right and what are they dreaming for you back then um back Or, then yeah like, like during school during school as you grew up right i'm i'm sure like your parents are looking at this you know their kids saying shit this guy is actually pretty talented like what are they thinking or are they saying okay let him experience his life how was it for you growing up um i think everything took place in phases right so mm. when i was younger i feel like uh, even though my parents never outright told me that i like mm. should join the family business it was always destined to happen there's always an expectation um. which was a very subtle expectation so as i started to steer away mm. um i had to really sit down explain it to them convince them um have in fact more than one talk as to what i want to do and it took a little bit of time um to get them to like be in line with my vision so mm. i feel like after going through all of that um at the end i was able to get on the same page with them so i feel like right now their vision is whatever my vision is oh sweet so it's whatever mm. i want it to be so they are super supportive that way they're like mm. do whatever you want just whatever you feel right now is right that's what you should be doing man that's uh, you've you've got it pretty set up for you then like yeah. the world is yours i you hope can so. yeah you can take it the way you want to right like think about it you said that you know your parents are on board with you you know thankfully you got the best education that you could get and you have the resources that you want to have right so ideally from this point on zubair can go on to achieve whatever the fuck he wants to do yeah i need to put in some hard work though which is uh, what sometimes is hard especially after you know covid and everything uh, yeah. we all become lazy yeah, uh, yeah yeah but hopefully i mean it has a lot to do with luck it has a lot to do with just what you're doing so just hopefully i get them is Something let's hope that, for the best yeah jumping into your book now right yes. now uh, of course it's left up to you how much you want to disclose but you know i just want to first start off by saying that dude like when someone says right today i'm going through depression first of all it's very hard to analyze what they're going through yeah because the concept first of all is not defined well second is not understood well third is not being expressed right if you haven't defined it and understood the right way you are not able to express to your people around what you're exactly going through the word depression is so often used today i'm almost scared right what do you feel about that yeah you're absolutely spot on in yeah. fact um You know something that was really surprising uh, mm. with my journey with depression was that I shared a room with my brother mm. but I became so good at hiding it that even though we were sharing such close proximity we were in such close proximity and sharing a room it wasn't possible for him to understand because I was able to fake it to such an extent where nobody even not even my best friend like the person who has been best friend with me for the last 17 years I had to tell him 5 years ago that this is what's been happening for the last say like 10 to 15 years or so and um it is something that is very easy to hide and uh, that is one of the biggest problems that we are faced with um and the second thing is that it as as we're going forward 
Um, there are a few factors which I would love to explore that is leading to a boom in depression. So the mm. number of people who are That's facing this. That's the first time I've heard that sentence. Uh, leading to a boom in depression. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So number of people who are facing it is rapidly increasing. And here's the thing. There are a bunch of people talking about it today. There are a lot of NGOs doing a lot of good work to um, increase awareness. But the problem is the growth of depression far surpasses the growth of awareness. So we're forever in a catch-up game because the num the percentage of people who are facing this is growing faster than the percent percentage of awareness that is being spread, mm. which causes a major gap and which is always the problem because you're always catching up and it's always going ahead. Then the solution to it is right. So because you're saying it's never gonna that gap is never gonna close. The way to close that gap is like I said, right? We have to define it right first, Correct. and then we have to make sure people are understanding it right. Which means, so when I say define, understand and express, that's the infrastructure. Yes, you're right. This, the second, those pillars are strong for every community. That's when the gap automatically starts to close. And that's when the awareness takes the lead on yeah. to the spread of depression, right? Anyway, now coming back. So why do you think, uh, first we'll start with this. Why do you think depression this boom that you mentioned is happening. Second, how do you define depression? Okay, so um, the reason why the boom is happening, there are actually so many reasons. I'll give you one of the more popular reasons. Mm. So um, we are moving away from a society who looks at self and who spends time with self. And I'll tell you what mm. I mean by this. Um, when televisions were invented, uh, they said that our attention to the real world was about 80% and televisions took away 20%. So we started giving 20% of attention to televisions and 80% was in the real world. When computers came in, I think it shifted to 30% on uh, the virtual world and 70% of the real world. When phones came in, it became 50%, right? Now, uh, with phones, with technology, with evolution, social media came in, for example, right? Now, social media keeps giving you these little dopamine rushes that you're used to the entire day. Because you have so many avenues to um, entertain yourself, you have social media giving you dopamine rushes, your TV shows, your computers, you're always either um, um, working, so you're doing something productive, or you are um, looking at your phone. Yeah. Or you're looking at your thing. You never actually get time to sit back and do nothing. Like others tell me, when was the last time you went to a park, slept and did nothing? It's tough. Like I want to do it, but, but the schedules don't allow you anymore. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the activities are packed. The number of activities every human being is doing is so high. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the core problems of depression is not understanding self, having uh, a lack of understanding of your own personal identity. Mm. Right. So now when you are not spending enough time alone, you're not spending enough time just getting bored and doing nothing. You don't you start to develop like a lot of like negative thought patterns, which also I can go into at some point, mm. which um, confuse you as to what's going on around you. And mm. again, this is one of the many, many the reasons. Main reasons. Yeah, one of the big like reasons. Yesterday, in fact, we had like a long power cut. You know, these they're changing all the electrical lines in Bangalore. And these guys came in and they said from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. there is no power. So by halfway through the day, my laptop was off, my phone lost battery. And it was after a very long time that I actually did nothing. Right. So as you were speaking, I realized that we have set up structures in such a way that 
वी डोंट हैव टाइम टू डू नथिंग बिफोर पीपल वर फोर्स टू डू नथिंग एंड वेन यू फोर्स टू डू नथिंग इज वेन यू हैव टाइम विद योर सेल्फ बट नाउ दैट डजन एग्जिस्ट एनी मोर एंड आई थिंक दैट्स द इशू या बिफोर वी कंटिन्यू हाउ यू डिफाइन डिप्रेशन राइट टॉक अबाउट दैट एग्जैक्ट पॉइंट एंड हाउ इट्स अफेक्टिंग टूडेज टीन एजर्स in a lot of ways again um it's hard to really some with some of these things you know it's never one particular thing that is impacting things more than the other there is always a variety of reasons um it's impacting teenagers by um now for example by setting that expectations differently right now if you are expected to get a dopamine rush every single time i'll tell you one of the thought patterns that you could develop um you start to feel happiness right you're like happy because you're like um always getting a little bit of a rush of happiness right so now when you're not happy you never think of your boredom as something that is um stationary like you're, you're just doing nothing you start to think that if you're not happy you're sad yeah. now that is a very very big problem so even when you're going through depression if you start to think if you're not recovering you're relapsing at yeah. with your job you start yeah, to develop yeah. a thought pattern that if you're not great at your job you're terrible at your you're job, terrible at your job. right oh. so a lot of these thought patterns are being developed which do not make us understand the grays within mm. the blacks and whites mm. and this is one of the ways that i really think it is affecting to you they just it's very hard for them to really get an idea of just what like stability over these you know differentiations and for example maybe this goes a little deeper tell me if i'm uh, framing this right no so you said it's either happy or extremely sad it's either doing great at my job or terrible these are emotions if you want to not feel this and not feel this and you want to stay in the center that's basically being aligned with yourself and not letting emotion get in the way of how you exist see yeah, you have ways. to let go of emotion right at the end of the day even emotion is external to some extent Hmm. a lot of what we do emotion is external it's only when you can cut all of that and be okay with just doing nothing that's the start of that journey of understanding self right yeah and that middle path is only becoming tougher yeah you're right, right? the middle path is where <laughs> i think uh, like a little bit of inner peace lies yeah, and just that's where the magic that lies <laughs> that's where because like you said right everyone's either celebrating man i'm such a workaholic or they are saying my life has been terrible for the last 4 years why that extreme right yeah. why not the neutral path beautiful uh, man i ah you were saying that so uh, just before we move yeah. on to anything else i would like to also say that there are a lot of other reasons which are important to just yeah. acknowledge which yeah. are for example uh, biological issues because it is also proven to genetically pass on um stress seasonal depression is another thing that is a cause for depression um there is like a major life event which could change thing a culmination of smaller life events so again there is a lot of reason so it wouldn't be fair to yeah um, of course you know write it off as just and something that we're talking about and it's moment. not like one is more popular than the other it's maybe it's just that today maybe social media has the impact but like you said right like the other reasons are nowhere lesser important yeah. right everyone has their own reasons and that is important for them because that's their life experience yeah, like i feel like those other reasons have always been around yeah but the reason i just spoke of is something that is heavily contributing to the push yeah. that is uh to being seen to even conversations like this yeah right yeah now wh- what do you feel is depression if you just if someone asked you what is depression what would you say 
Okay, so depression is um, very hard to define, but mm. I would say it is. Um, so again, I feel like only metaphorically mm. can you speak of it. So sure, I'm going to tell you it. one of the um, a metaphor that really, really uh, struck mm. a chord with me. So, the, the Andrew Solomon used to play around this oak tree, right? It was a huge oak tree, <coughs> and uh, when he went back to it, when he grew <coughs> older. Um, he saw vines growing around the oak tree right mm. and uh, i think that was an example that really really got me thinking about a lot a lot of things and what mm. andrew solomon was saying about it <coughs> um so he says that um f- a, an entire vine engulfed a massive tree that had been around for over 100 years right and from far away he couldn't even tell the difference between the tree and the vines itself right it looked like the vines were the tree but only when you got close you started to understand that there were very few leaves left on the tree that um all the uh, uh sunlight was being <coughs> sucked away by the vines all the um 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 nutrients <coughs> from the soil was being sucked away by the vines the vine was pretty much taking away everything that was important to the tree to ensure its own flourishment or its own survival so i feel like depression is something similar it's like a vine that is surrounding you that makes it much harder for you to really um um get the most around the things like with the things around you in fact it goes a lot deeper than just that it not only get the most in fact it makes everything more difficult it makes it harder for you metaphorically photosynthesize or just do your job or just like anything in fact your functions your yeah, daily your functions. functions right yeah it it becomes tough to exist yeah absolutely so where did it uh, hit you where do you feel that journey started for you so when you said that uh, you stayed with your brother in the same room and he had no idea right so where did all that start where did it start really hitting you okay. was there one reason or multiple reasons you gave us like so many reasons right that yeah. lead to that uh, you know place in life what was it for you so it was a culmination of smaller events i mm-hmm. never had a big tragic experience ever i had a great childhood uh, absolutely yeah. loved studying in my school i did a lot of notorious things mm. um had a really really nice time growing up with a lot of these things um but unfortunately because of a few uh, um circumstances i started to develop a sort mm. of thinking that only grew and grew and grew over time and it was always reinforced by f- more s- smaller circumstances um when it comes to my brother not knowing it was of no fault of his own i was just really that good at hiding the depression right and um, i think it started at like 9th grade where i would say um it was uh, over like um my social life and my academics i was okay. doing really badly with my academics my social life i broke up with some girl i think mm. <laughs> i don't mm. even remember at this point mm. but um yeah so i um you started getting like suicidal tendencies and i think mm. i tried com- so i did try committing mm. suicide then so i ate like this roll of poison and mm. which uh, year I, was this 93 okay so okay. and this was this was all in 9th okay yeah mm. so this was specifically december 31st Mm-hmm. because I, i you know back then i had such a great connection with god mm. um and i told him that if things don't like by the end of this year i will kill myself mm. because i'm not worth it or whatever so mm. just to keep up to that promise like you can imagine the innocence with which mm. something like that is done right like and that's something about depression it's sometimes you know the most innocent of us the smartest of us and the best of us who su- suffer from it and uh, the only reason i did actually even attempt it was because i wanted to keep up that promise to god 
and mm. um, quite funny pretty, now when you <laughs> look back at it pretty crazy mm. yeah so that's where it started and it was just an entire journey uh, which which just mm. um yeah i mean it, it's literally an, another 12 year journey so but how come you never addressed it in those 12 years like why why didn't you look at it like so are you saying that those suicidal tendencies continued yeah badly they in fact evolved into hallucinations i used to okay. uh, hallucinate auditory a uh, visual and uh, like touch based okay so, meaning um during my peak now this was when i was 23 so i'm flash forwarding about 9 years mm-hmm. a, uh, later right so i feel like in the middle somewhere it was okay like from 14 to 16 it, it got relatively better uh it's still there but got better it really became full fledged depression when i was in college no what do you mean by ha- hallucination like what 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 do you what did you experience yeah i was just getting hmm. to that to give you a little yeah, bit of yeah context. yeah sure 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 go ahead go ahead um so in college it got become became a mm. little worse and it just kept getting worse from there so by the time i was 23 i reached a peak mm. so now at this peak um things just nothing made sense like there was absolutely nothing to me around me that made any kind of sense i was living like a double life right so mm. um um how do i explain this uh, like for example batman right he's mm. bruce wayne in the morning and uh, at night he's like the dark broody batman except uh, i was super pradhan in the morning and at night i was the dark broody dis- depressed guy right mm. so i was able to even though i was so i'll get i'll get to the hallucination sure. so i was at the peak of my depression i was able to fully function at my job in the morning okay and every night for 6 months straight break down for about 3 to 4 hours straight mm. at night right because i lived that dual life and while i would break down at this point i would um i don't know if this is too gory but i would see knives and i would okay. see knives cutting me mm-hmm. i would hear these uh voices in my head mm-hmm. that um would for example take a sentence okay. and repeat it back to me say about uh about 100 times a minute mm-hmm. right so the sentence would be you're not good enough mm-hmm. so i would sit in the corner for 4 hours like breaking down and that would go on for four hours like hundreds of times so in a way it would brainwash you right because if you're hearing that again and again and again mm-hmm. you literally get brainwashed to genuinely believe in mm. what it is telling you so um yeah so that's how my hallucinations was and very often i could feel the knives that okay. i could see mm. so that's how my hallucinations took form i was showing signs of schizophrenia at that point mm. i was not diagnosed with it fortunately mm. but i was definitely showing symptoms and signs of schizophrenia and how do you wake up like you go through that four hour period in the night you know uh, experiencing all this how do you wake up and switch then i don't know um was just get during so college to was it. this during degree or the peak no in fact it was during when i was a teacher oh 23 right oh yeah yeah, yeah. so you know Correct. if my students are hearing this they're going to be so surprised because even mm. in college i used to go through like pretty bad depression okay. but i don't think a single person noticed i don't think anybody could tell because i'm like all over the place yeah, all the time it's very tough very hard to like differentiate uh, that's why they even say right like um stand up comedians are the most likely sometimes to go through depression because yeah. that's how they tune their energy that's how they tune their uh, thoughts and processes because okay so just like to uh you know give you like a bit be- before asking you this question right so i have never been able to define depression neither anxiety at one point uh, at a certain phase of my life for certain reasons 
I felt I had lot of anxiety issues. Uh, only reason being, like I said, right? I don't want to get into those reasons, but I used I stopped sleeping for more than say three hours a night. Right, <clears throat> maximum say by one thirty-two I would fall asleep. By five I used to be up, and that has never happened to me in my life. Like I love my food, I love my sleep. I like, I'm a happy guy. But the first time that happened, uh, one day, two day, one week over, two week over, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just stressed, and this will, this will change itself soon. And the reasons that were causing that. I'm actually working on those reasons at the time. I'm working on those reasons, but the I felt like there was this permanent, semi-permanent biological change that had ran out of my control. Because though I'm working so hard to fix things in my life, I'm suddenly just not able to sleep more than three hours. And every single morning that I woke up, I woke up in like this, you know, sweaty T-shirt that I had no control over. literally right that was my first experience with something where it's not in your control beyond a certain point and that's when i started exploring like okay how how do you define anxiety how do you define depression now coming to the question i want to ask you what i felt back then is i couldn't keep it up i wasn't the same person anymore how did you continue being the same person Oh all right yeah that yeah. is actually quite an interesting question yeah. um because i couldn't man like and people saw it people saw it up front dude you're sick what what's happening and i was shocked i'm like okay how come i'm not able to hide this because i was trying my best and everyone in my circle would up front ask me what's going on and eventually the rest is history but yeah i want to know from you how come it all right Yeah. So firstly I'm so sorry you went through that. It's yeah. always hard to hear when somebody goes It's through experiences like this. Yeah. So I'm sorry that you did too. Um in terms of the difference uh, I would say it bec- it's because you had a very sudden change, right? Mm. Something that suddenly hit you. You had mm. not known it before it mm. actually became a part of your life. Yeah. So because it was all of a sudden it started to take a much more drastic impact on you and the way you behaved and your a uh, general persona mm. whereas for me it was something that was so gradual and so slow from a very young age i got very accustomed to hiding it so initially ah. i had to hide very small amounts of it and as i grew older i just became more and more accustomed to hiding bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger amounts until i couldn't hide it anymore so mm. at the age of about 21 22 i started mm. to tell people about it mm. and uh, that was after a good 6 7 years of it being present with me who like who was the first person you said okay dude i want to speak about this Um the only reason I had the courage to do this was because uh I was dating this one girl okay who was so open about it and so amazing about it in fact throughout was my she the first one you opened up yes she okay. was the first one I opened up to okay um and she was just so incredible about everything she took care of everything i i cannot even tell you how crucial a role this mm. person played in my life mm. um so she was the first person i opened up to and because i got such a warm reception from her mm. i said i mean the second person i told was my brother mm. and from How there did, out, what did he say um it was a little harder for him to understand it mm. because um my family is very you know um 
they've never seen something like they that, that exposure it. it's not about not getting it okay. they just haven't yet been exposed to these things they and mm-hmm. they've never gone through it before mm-hmm. so it was really hard for him to understand exactly what was happening so mm. and same with the rest of my family and understandably so because something like this is hard to understand a and b i was so bad at communicating it today i am able to look back and accurately communicate what was happening but back then even i didn't know what the hell was happening yeah. man it was so confusing for me itself why was i supposed to explain to them so it was definitely very hard for my family at first to understand it took them a good 4 years to mm-hmm. come around um and but now that they have is just incredible support i get from them so do you feel like you've beaten it yes i would say i've beaten it you know yeah i have and um, don't you feel you know you you realize it when you've beaten it it's it's not confusing anymore when you're going through it you're confused am i in shit am i not in shit but the phase as soon as you know that you've beaten it it's clear that you've beaten it i would say no no not okay why uh because i still get depressed okay. i still go through small phases of depression because it's never a linear process right mm. so you'll have months of recovery months of stability months of relapse let me frame this better you get better at dealing with it yeah so yeah. here's the thing when you beat it is okay. when you understand i mean for some people again for different people yeah, is different yeah, yeah. for me as an individual what it yeah. was it was for me understanding that um um i do not have to completely beat it that i can function as a normal human being despite it Oh so man I think you went change. one step ahead then because for me the definition is still I can survive only if I beat a phase like that that is that is absolutely untrue in in fact for mm. a lot of us mm. it's not curable some of the stuff we go through right if mm. you have a personality disorder which is incurable if you have mm. schizophrenia which is incurable um the the best way to go about it is by understanding it and starting to function like in a normal way despite it and i was actually telling you this before the interview mm. and i'd like to share it here as well for me as an individual the secret to beating depression was not constant fight constantly fighting it it was to make friends with it mm. it was to understand it it was in fact at one point to make space for it that okay you are a part of me you are going to be here and it's okay i am i am making my peace with the fact that you are here so on some days i actively let it take control I actively let it do its thing if it wants to make me feel bad if it wants to make me break down or whatever I'm like okay do your thing in fact now that I actively do that it I even if I try to like go through like a very low phase I find it very difficult even if I'm trying to like break down and like just cry or something I'm not able to at the moment how do you cope what's your go to stuff like in terms of eating going out talking to a friend are there coping measures or how does it work for you I have a lot of coping measures. I feel like distraction is one of the best coping okay. measures. I mean, it doesn't do anything long term, mm-hmm. but um sometimes you like at least with the phase that I am at right now, I'm not too too worried about long term. I'm just worried about at that moment ensuring that I am okay. So distraction is something that works. Um but I shouldn't I I shouldn't actually speak about me. I should speak more generically. It is very hard to find coping mechanisms while you're going through the depression. um it is very hard to understand what those coping mechanisms are now the only way you can actually develop healthy coping mechanisms is if you fought it for in enough period of time and mm. you've come to a place where you want to to recover yeah and until you come to that place i think there are just very very few things that you can do and for each individual it is generally different it's just very hard to do counseling those are constant 
counseling is a constant coping mechanism for sure if you go through mental health issues it is very important for you even if you don't go for counseling 100% it definitely helps it is one of the best things that can happen to a person counseling yeah 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 i think so it is beautiful man like <laughs> thank god for that concept yeah. like i'm s- anyway uh, so now the reason i asked you that you know have you beaten it uh, and then we moved on to better words saying you get better at dealing with it just maybe you writing the book is also you learning to deal with it yeah. even more right absolutely 100% yeah so how so much while writing it yeah so how's the book going it's going really well let's talk um, about the book what's it called okay. do we have a name do we tell yes. them yes sure it's called 21st century depression and how to kick its ass <laughs> <laughs> so the way my writing style actually has a lot of crass humor in it uh, 20 you haven't seen 21st Sorry. century depression and how to kick its ass yeah <laughs> man i really hope like it, it has this uh, what's that other book with the orange cover uh, mark Sat- manson Yeah, fact, subtle out of yeah, not yeah. giving a fuck, right? That's the vibe I got as soon as you told me the title. That's the vibe you'll get as well when you read it in a way. Mm-hmm. But I'm a lot more crass. I'm a lot more... Because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, Mark Manson uh, concentrated on one, help of, uh, one section of self, self-help where he was like, okay, this is realistic. I swear a lot. So it was relatable and realistic. But um, they don't go through things as intense as the crowd that I am appealing to. So they go through things that are a, l- a lot more intense, right? In terms on, on like an intensity scale. So my humor, my way of writing is a lot more crass. It's a lot more... Tell like me something from the book sure. that you absolute, absolutely love. And yeah, I want you to share with them. So a part of the book, a concept, a story, anything that okay. you feel is absolutely nice. And please go ahead. There are a lot of sections. I've in fact broken down concepts one. like... Uh, Give me okay, your favorite so, one. So one of the coolest things the about the book... The audience deserves it. Dan, uh, <laughs> you sound like Arnab for like, uh, the whole of three seconds there. <laughs> Man, let's not talk about Arnab. Anyway. <laughs> never go down that road. So, um, yeah, so one of the concepts that um, I really like is that mm. when I have disassociated depression from the person... I have created an understanding in the book that um completely let's go off the stigma stigma that um um is currently associated with depression um I give the readers a way to look at it as something that you need to like you know treat as a as an illness or an external party that is completely separate from you so in that way i found ways to re- like help re- like help people understand how to restore identity how to uh, understand what the depression is doing to you how to understand the mechanisms what depression deplores and be able to speak of depression as you know a third party like a like that shitty friend who always tells you to do like the wrong things like the bad influence friends so that's how mm. i've associated so i really like the way that's come out mm. because it genuinely makes you feel like oh this is just a shitty friend who i need to like get away from hmm Do you understand so that's yeah 100% so you you're isolating yes. the depression from the self yes right but how do you think a book is enough to help a person do that the book is enough for you to understand everything you need to do to help yourself mm. which includes a part which convinces you about counseling Mm. which includes a part which makes you understand medication and what is good and what is bad about it mm-hmm. 
and includes parts which will really really help you exactly what the depression is doing and i'll give you an example right so one of the primary things i speak about is the mechanisms of depression sure. one of the mechanisms for example is suicidal tendencies right so people going through uh, uh long bouts of depression often see suicidal tendencies as one of the very common um things that they go through right now here's something so i always say that here's what the depression does not want you to know <laughs> just to make it a little bit dramatic um but um so out of like say 10 people who have suicidal tendencies one person commits suicide now um these nine people who have these suicidal tendencies depression has a hold over them even though they're not going to commit suicide even though they in their future no point in their life do commit suicide depression forms a hold over them that keeps them from ever helping themselves and how it does this is that uh, because it tells you that you should kill yourself you're all and you because you're like oh i need to kill myself you're always under the mindset that oh i'm going to someday kill myself you're always like oh death is the answer death is where i want to be because you have that mindset you do not take the steps to actually help yourself and this is the this is one of the main things that those thoughts do suicidal tendencies aren't only for you to kill yourself they are also for you to make sure that you don't help yourself and that is something depression keeps you keeps a hold over you with right and in fact committing suicide take it for me first hand very very difficult ironically needs a lot of courage to mm. do right and um here is this part like this this part where you know 6 out of 10 people now are mm. not helping themselves are just ruin their lives over suicide mm. people don't know about people just know about the one out of 10 that commit suicide they don't know about the 6 out of 10 who have completely ruined their lives thinking Saying about suicide that, yeah they will commit suicide someday yeah and not helping themselves or not ever getting out of that loop so stigma like like concepts like these is what i'm trying to explore to make the reader understand that this is what this particular thought process is doing this is what that particular thought is doing so you have these thoughts because of this reason and since depression is the bad shitty friend it is what is trying to hold you gain power over you and it is doing but by deploying these strategies now information is one of the biggest things that i play on understanding these things is in itself a very very big challenge and that is what is lacking from every book that's out there so there's a diverse selection of books which mm. talk about either the theoretical aspect a very psychological aspect uh, of depression where they break it down in like really scientific terms or really research based terms and there's the tips books which gives you tips on how to deal with it nobody actually breaks it down in a way where they give you information that completely makes you understand every thought process that is deployed by depression that is that you are susceptible to and how not to be susceptible to those processes makes sense instead of just how to help yourself in terms of oh go exercise or oh, go eat healthy or oh, get some sunlight so here's a situation right say it's 2 in the morning and uh, a close friend of yours uh, you've been close but uh, close enough only to know you know to some extent right so say you have no idea about his or her uh, battle with depression or battle with anything they are going through but it's 2 am and you get a picture from the person that uh, you know i have this knife ready or i have these pieces of glass ready or i have this poison ready that i think it's time that i want to kill myself and you have no background about what this person is doing which makes it extremely important for you right now right because if you are in that situation where a friend is saying this uh, without any background what is the best thing to tell a person like that at that situation 
look if um a person is close to suicide it is very very difficult to talk to them in that moment because mm. rationality is thrown right out the window mm. right now i'm going to give you an example for that like for example like even depression is not completely rational mm. right like like are you scared of cockroaches no oh, fuck yeah fuck yes right <laughs> now are you scared of snakes yeah of course yeah uh, as much maybe less so maybe actually yeah right same yeah, right yeah, even yeah, me yeah. I'm, i'm scared i'm not as scared of snakes because if i see a cockroach i'll still like shit i will lose my snake, shit maybe like 50% lesser right yeah. so now if you give me an option of being like surrounded by snakes or surrounded by cockroaches mm. 10 out of 10 times i'm going to take snakes mm. snakes can bite you cockroaches can't cockroaches can't do jack shit sure they have a few diseases with they can but say they're sterilized cockroaches mm. but still you're not going to be around those cockroaches right you're still going to prefer the snakes is there an actual rational reason for it no no depression is very similar to that rationality is thrown right out the window with a lot of why you suffer from depression you feel anxiety for example mm. not because there is actually a reason for you to be scared of that thing because a lot of these thoughts are irrational it's important for us to even understand that and when somebody is close to committing suicide their rationality is completely astute it's gone yeah, yeah so it's very very difficult to be able to tell them something which they will understand because no matter how rational you are because how logical you are it doesn't matter right so the best thing to do is unfortunately calling somebody who is part of their family who is right next to them and telling them immediately to go around them mm-hmm. um putting them under supervision for the next couple of weeks say in a hospital say in a rehabilitation clinic or somewhere or the other um sometimes going that extreme is not required but you are not the judge of that you are no way to make first thing you need to do is go to a counselor mm. and find out whether that is required or not because in a lot of these cases that is what is required um just remember that you need to physically get to the person yeah somebody or the other needs to get there your call i mean you can try your best on call mm. there is only so much you can achieve but you need to in one way or the other get someone physically to that situation now if that is not an option if that is not something that is at all available to you um again it it does become a really you need to try your best you need to try your best in explaining the situation to them because i have heard of stories where people have saved the other person on the other side over a phone call and it's okay. possible but it's rare i think um so i'll i'll, I'll comment on that before i'll tell you mm. what does work most compassion mm. so just continuously reminding them that you love them that you care about them mm. and that just showing love and just making them understand that hey like you are loved you mm. are cared for you are important continuously trying to even though it doesn't seem like it works you need to conti- mm. continuously reiterate it now here's the thing with phone calls that um um like that okay now one of the things is that again suicide is extremely difficult to actually commit yeah it is not like how we sometimes make it seem and i'll give you uh again depression is best described in metaphors So I'm going to give you a metaphor for suicide, right? So um Robert Frost I think said this if I'm correct son a Robert someone. Um he says that um have you seen people you see on 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 television sometimes in a burning building they're on like the 5th or 6th floor and uh the fire brigade has just come they're about to rescue them and they climb up and they jump and they fall to their deaths. So I've seen even like a lot of people around me relatives uncles say that oh that's so stupid of them like did they really think that they would survive a jump like that like are they do they not have brains mm. um but did you know that in that moment the fear that somebody is up there who is up there and the fires behind them and the jump is in front of them the fear that they feel is exactly as much 
as some as if you right now went to the sixth floor and wanted to jump off their instinct to survive is exactly the same as what your instinct to survive right now will be all right and they know they are going to die they know for a fact that if they take this jump they are going to die but the problem is the fear of the flames behind them far outweighs the fear of the jump in front of them so can you imagine the fear of the flames that is behind them right so um i think that's very well explained yeah yeah it is something that helps you understand and mm. um even when you try to commit suicide it is something that is actually just very very difficult to actually achieve and um as i g- sorry to cut you off yeah. as i grew up i used to have this dual thinking is is committing suicide right or wrong and as i grew up i thought it's wrong i said no nobody is allowed to commit suicide but then of course with age i realized i'm nobody to judge right I, i even now i can't say if it's right or wrong it's really left up to the person maybe it's it is the option of that person what do you feel is it right is it wrong is it left up to the person i'm again going to ask you something again along mm. the lines of the metaphor that i gave you now that person mm. that fall again killing themselves literally is exactly as scary and as in, so they also have a will they also have an instinct to survive mm. beating that instinct and actually going over now can you imagine the flames behind them hmm. can you imagine the kind of things that is leading them to make this decision the kind of uh, things they are going through that is making them actually take a fall that is just something that is yeah. not built into our evolutionary dna to take because mm-hmm. we have given been given a survival instinct as part of evolution yeah and breaking that and taking that fall takes this this, is, this is crazy man i've never thought of it like that yeah so this before we are judging amazing. them and saying yeah. right or wrong just yeah, yeah. think about their circumstance yeah. and why they do it yeah and uh, i mean i think i also want to kind of say that uh, everyone else doesn't matter right like who even if there are people around judging the uh, thoughts that you have just doesn't matter they have no idea what they're talking about like you said like the people who are sitting watching the whole fire situation right your opinion has not even counted <laughs> you are yeah. not even in the situation right so uh, what are you hoping to achieve once the book comes out and how are you doing all of this like you're not a writer you're like you haven't written a book before right yes i have so how do you plan to do all of this um i plan to wing it, it just like, like i planned this interview um, <laughs> it's uh, pretty much the same lines <laughs> So no, because I guess like if say a million people have to read it there are certain like maybe like a great publisher you need to reach out to and why will that publisher like publish your book that's the question that I have So now because of all the experiences that I have I actually have some incredible insights I've given you a couple of them here yeah, and yeah, there yeah. right yeah. so like I have a good like 25 to 30 more incredible insights right Understood. which are genuinely amazing which are which when you Agreed. read it you're going to be like oh my god that's 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 Agreed. that's crazy but how are you going to distribute it to that extent and now uh, at the moment i'm not too worried about that because uh, mm. i feel like it gets too overwhelming when i think about how to make it successful how to really like push it out there at the moment i'm just trying to create the best product ever and i'll connect uh, you with a guy this oh, guy is written wow, okay. uh, he's written two novels in the past both uh, romantic novels he's a big fan of 
romance and uh, yes. writing romantic stories and uh, literally right this guy also uh, he used to write a lot but decided that he's going to publish his own and he's had his fair share of struggles in terms of distribution but now he's at a place uh, he's also writing a book currently and he's willing to publish it very soon i think you should just give him a call i would love to thank you so much that yeah. really helps adarsh <laughs> yeah man we'll we'll get that done but yeah, uh, yeah man i mean i've uh, i've loved this conversation thank you it was amazing Same. any uh, final thoughts like you spoke so much i want you to speak to them for right. like 30 seconds <laughs> any final thoughts you want to tell them before we close um so firstly i'd like to tell you i mean <laughs> i wish sometime i came here to speak about something that is a little less serious mm. so that at least uh, i could also explore that fun side which is there somewhere locked up within me yeah so that would also be nice sometime we maybe yeah dude that will yeah. be over the drink yeah that will be over the drink <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right and in terms of everybody out there um i feel like all of us have some of the other part to play uh in terms of lifting the taboo with depression right um quickly just telling you a story because i'm so open about it because i speak to everybody like you know how you're in your office and you're like oh it's your first day at work and you're like oh my name is uh, zubair i have 13 years of experience i'm like oh my name is zubair when i meet someone new like oh my name is zubair i have 13 years of depression and because i've been doing that i feel like a lot more people open up to me about their circumstances and their um um situations and at an individualistic level it's that easy if you're just so open about your conversations if you're just open to talking to people and keep an open conversation where you yourself bring up these things you'd be surprised at how many people around you open up to you and tell you so much about it um be caring about the people around you who do come up to you who do share this with you um try directing them towards a counselor if you do not exactly understand what's happening and just try your best to be there for them thanks man this was sweet uh, i'm looking forward to the book uh, i Thank definitely you. feel that uh, a lot of people will love reading it uh, let's sit and figure how we want to get this to everyone right because yeah now i want to do it dude like i i want people to read this book <laughs> because you, this was like an hour and you know we hardly touched upon it and you yeah. know you're writing a whole book out of it so i'll definitely purchase it for sure uh, all the best to everything that you have in store uh and one of the things i tell all my guests is uh we will have you back this is not right. your first one looking uh, forward to it we want to have you back we want to document your journey as zubair i'm like i think we are just beginning with everything that we want to experience and there's a lot more to come for us and let's document it That's right, that would be great. Idea, Next right? time you have to send a limo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want the private service uh, to be chauffeured uh, to so your destination is, and back. There is uh, a lot of sponsorship uh, opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> so I see what you did there. <laughs> anyway, so man, thank you for being a uh, Zubair. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for sharing thoughts so openly. Uh, I'm sure it gives. a lot of courage it it first of all it requires a lot of courage to speak the way you have and second for the ones who are listening they feel that okay if this guy is speaking about it so clearly and so authoritatively i can too right so thank you for doing that and if you watch this episode till here that means you have absolutely loved it because we have spoken for 58 minutes oh wow <laughs> right it's quite long uh, thank you for being here till now and uh, this was zubair pradhan this was episode 22 of on a personal note with adarsh sakre uh, 
uh, I'll need some time to get out of this episode. But yeah, see you on the next one, guys. Thank you so much. Bye bye.